in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another brand new episode of the Top 10 Show. I am John Roca. Uh, I am Matt Nost, and it's another beautiful day in Southern California here. And <laughs> sun is setting, you yes. know? Yep. The day is getting short. It's beautiful. Huh? It's it's nuts now how quickly it becomes dark and how quickly it becomes light. It's kind of weird at this time now. I mean, I'm still not used to it. Then at like 530, it's getting dark out there. Uh, and it looks pitch dark by the 7 o'clock. It looks like it's midnight at 7 o'clock. It's very, yep. very strange for me, man. It sucks. It's yeah. the worst. Yeah. Uh, no I'm sure we've bitched about it in years past. Daylight savings is, <laughs> yes, is the are. worst. And uh, I don't know why we do it anymore. Yeah, it's weird, right? Like, it why? Is, I don't know. It's the same thing as like, technically, metric is the standard that was adopted by Congress in the 70s. Yeah. But everybody's went, fuck it, man. I, I'm lazy and I like Imperial, even though it doesn't make a lick of sense. <laughs> it doesn't. It's so yeah. frustrating. Like, how, how many courts in a cup? Well, it shouldn't go the other way around. Maybe it does go that way. Maybe there's a special court cup thing. Yeah. I couldn't tell you how many liters in a gallon. Yeah, it's really weird how that all plays out, man. It's so dumb. Yeah. It's so dumb. The country we got it from moved on to metric. <laughs> but we're stubborn. No. Nope. Unique. How many feet in a mile? I no, I might as well ask me how many grains of sand there are on a beach. <laughs> I don't know the answer to that. I'd be lying. I know I knew it at one point, yeah. but it was such a stupid piece of knowledge that it is utterly gone. If you're not going to be in jeopardy, I don't know what the point is of knowing yeah. that, to be honest. Which, with you. On the flip side, I will fight to the death that Fahrenheit is superior to Celsius. Wow. Okay. I will fight. Right. Their argument is every time, if you ever had this, is okay, well, what temperature does water boil at? And I'm mm. like, I, I don't know that because it does it 100 at Celsius and freezes at zero. And yeah. that's the benefit. It's super simple. And it's like, yeah, but how often do I need to know the boiling temperature of water in my life? I'm guessing zero times. Whereas zero. freezing, yeah, I need to know what freezing is because we yeah. both lived in cold places. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you never know. You might be caught on a ship and sinking. So you need to know how freezing, how cold it really is in the water before you well, climb onto that headboard with Kate Winslet. That's for sure. The hell difference is it's 22.1 out there. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> what know. does that mean? I don't know. And if you can't get the points, the difference between 20, like one and 23 is drastic. Yeah. It's like yeah. it's two degrees. Technically cool. Oh, it's way balmier today. It's shitty. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's Fahrenheit is superior. You just got to remember 32. That's it. Some people hold on to that science shit, man. They science the shit out of stuff like the Martian and stuff like they hold on to it. They got to know they got to be a part of it. I respect it. It's just not something that's ever drawn my interest or my attention for God's sakes. So what part just science in general, bro, like completely. I, I just, I was never good at in, in high school, terrible at it in college, my first yeah. trip through college. And then uh, just has never, I'm always amazed at people who, have a natural ability to understand science. It just isn't my game. Math, I can figure out. Science, for whatever reason, always eludes me. Chemical stuff, 
uh, temperature stuff, uh, what should conduct with what. Never have a natural interest in it at all, you know. It's like it's like okay. it's like a, a what do you call it? Like a fixing shit. Like I don't have a natural interest to get into a underneath a sink and try to figure out why a sink doesn't work. I'm like, there are professionals who know how to do that shit. I'll let them do it. It's not. Yeah, my but that's not. That's not science. They make that shit so easy. You should learn how to do that. I'm just saying, not talking down to, it's really not difficult. The average, if you can buy it at Home Depot, you can do it. (laughs) No. Legitimately. You can do it. You have a legitimate ability to do it. Yeah, but you have to start small, and then you learn whatever that is. Oh, I know how to do this now. Ah, okay. And then it's just like, okay, that's in the bag. I know how to do that. And it's fucking, you just move press beyond. You can figure it out. I can build shit. That I have a natural ability to do. I don't then, have an actual ability to fix that. Then you can fix it too. Mm, you can. I don't know. It's, maybe if I build it, will he come? That's and that I'm has about. nothing to do with science, unless you want to get into the science of how it actually works. But right, not really. Your fear of or lack of success at science, uh, it doesn't have anything to do with the sink, unfortunately. <laughs> to to my mind, it's like, well, uh, troubleshooting the situation. What's going to go where? What fits in where? It's like, isn't that science? Uh, engineering. Engineering. I guess that's what. That's a good point. That's what I mean. Probably. Uh, I'm smart about a lot of other things, man. But for whatever reason, that stuff eludes me. But the, back into like the chemistry and whatnot. Sure, yeah. I think honestly, I, I didn't begin to like enjoy reading about it until I was older. Mm. Because in high school, your brain doesn't really—it's not able to comprehend exactly well, the average person, I guess. Right, the average brain, and help you can't really visualize what they're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like. It doesn't we we can go down that path, uh, but I think as you get older, you're like, oh, why is this? Just the natural curiosity about things, and you're, yeah, at least I do, yeah, I gravitate towards, and then you find out, and you just kind of get deeper and deeper into the the fucking rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, and then you have basically very little knowledge about all kinds of different stuff. So it's really yeah. helpful in life. Well, well, we're about to record. We're recording this. Right before Thanksgiving uh, is happening, Matt, uh, are you going anywhere? Are you guys doing anything? Do you celebrate Thanksgiving? Like, what's your approach to this holiday now? Ah, uh, dude, huge, huge kegger at a oh, nice, cool. Nice. Can't wait. I haven't been to a keg party in so long. When was the last time you went to a keg party? I have, have the late nineties at college. Okay, I didn't go yeah, to any yeah. in L.A. That ain't my jam. I've been to. Places that have like a small keg here, yeah. but it's just, it's like 20 of your friends hanging out. It's not a kegger. Uh, I don't know what movement that is. What you got you that one dude keg? pumping the fucking keg. Oh yeah. I used yeah. to sit by the keg. Yeah, I literally did. It's the easiest way to meet people there, but also it's like you That's and true. a buddy sit there and you always have a beer. Yeah. Yeah. And Instead you look cool. Fight through a line. Right. You look cool sitting by the keg. Cause it's like, you're almost like in charge of the most important thing people need to get to at the party. So oh, by osmosis, you're kind of one of the most important people at that party. I I don't know how often I ran the keg. I might help with like a pump every once in a while, but it's more so yeah. just like I can get beer whenever I want. So, so therefore, I'm going to stand next to the keg. <laughs> and invariably, I was friends with a lot of the same people that had the same thoughts. So you would see one of a four or five, six of us. Yeah. Up there. Fuck yeah. Just, uh, yeah that's where the beer is. I'm going to go hang out by the beer. <laughs> For me, it was um, about I, – I always like when I go into a party, man, I always like to find the most comfortable area and then sit there. Once I go there and sit there, 
then mm-hmm. I, kind of, I can relax and enjoy the party. If I can't find a place to feel comfortable kind of putting down roots uh, at a party, then I start to kind of kind of spin away. And then eventually, after an hour, I'm out of there. I can't stick around. So for mm-hmm. me, I always try to find the most comfortable couch or the comfortable seat and just chill out there. And when I was younger, I used to be self-conscious about it all, dude. Oh, my God. I was terrible about those things at uh, at parties. I was just like... I was just like so nervous around parties and nervous all this kind of shit because I was always uncool in my mind. Um, mm-hmm. And not that I'm cool now, but like I was uncool in my mind back then. Uh, but then as I got older, you kind of, you know, let so let go of some of that. And now when I go to parties, I'm just like, fuck it. I'm supposed to be here. I came. Now I'm comfortable in a chair or comfortable in a location mm-hmm. and I can just chill out there. And if you want to come talk to me, you know where the fuck I am. And if you don't come talk to me, I can amuse myself just fine. I could amuse myself just fine the whole time. Do so we have to go? I like it. You're picking a fight with imaginary people at this party that you just no, made I'm, up. I'm not picking. I don't need you. Fine, stand over there the whole time. It's fine. Yeah. Knock yourself out. I don't uh, know. Or are you, you, you know where I'm at. <laughs> Very exactly. I don't know why you're dictating terms on this fucking utopian party that apparently sucks. This party it's con- sucks. It's controlling the interactions. <laughs> uh, it's the way I am. I, I, I went to a party with a, a girl one time years ago, a friend of mine. Well, I, I didn't know her at the time, but she had a great, great plan. She went to this party that was two levels, only knew a couple of people at the party. Attractive woman. Um, she sat in a chair in the middle of the room. So when you walked into that room, the first thing you noticed was her. Mm-hmm. And so people, and she sat there and she never moved from that chair, uh, except to go to the bathroom or whatever. But like people would come into the room and they would immediately be drawn to talk to her because she's sitting in the center of the room. And I thought this was fascinating. This was the way to do it. Like you just sit there and you're like, I'm or in needy. the most located, like it's the most spotlighted per- thing in the room. Uh, so you have to come to me. Uh, when you walk into this room, or at least recognize that I'm there, like acknowledge that I'm there. Wow. Yeah. My first thought would be, what a dick. <laughs> I so don't know. First, right in the middle of where people need to be walking and you just plant your chair so you can be the center of fucking attention. Get the <sighs> fuck out of the way and sit where the seats go. <laughs> hey, it worked out. A lot of dudes went up to try to talk to her. A lot of people. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. That, that's- it worked out. That doesn't count, though. A lot of dudes will walk up and try and hit on all kinds of things. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. So she didn't have to try that hard if she really didn't want to, my guess. Oh, a room maybe. full of drunken college-age guys? I can't imagine it wasn't just knocking dicks out of your face all night. I just watched it like a social experiment. I was sitting in the like sitting in the corner or farther away, and I had met her before, but then I just planted myself on one of the soft couches, and I was just watching this happen like a like a National Geographic special, man. Watch watch the humans as they come in to interact with the female, and I'm just watching the whole thing, and I'm like, this is fascinating. Watching dudes try, watching dudes get rejected, other dudes talk, and then eventually find their moment to kind of Hey, so can I get your number? Blah blah blah. So just to, I've always marveled at people that that uh, that do that. You know, I don't have an I've never had an easy ability to do that. So I would always watch other people do it and be like, wow, that's pretty incredible. I can't do what you're doing. Yeah, well, you don't. Uh, you're not in those environments anymore. So Mm-mm. long, long time ago, man. No, I used to have I, a buddy that yeah. every once and again 
Okay, so think of smartest kid you knew that you hung out with, like got good grades and okay. he was in really good shape. So he still, he partied with us, but at the same time, like he went to the gym, he ate right. He did all the things you should do mm-hmm. uh, and go out drinking. He was a lot of fun, like just good dude. Mm-hmm. Five times through college, six times. Uh, I just hear him like I'm sitting on a couch. Hey, no, check this out. And I look around and he's got his dick on like my shoulder. What? And- what? Wait, you laugh what? every time because it's the one dude who's going, never misses a class, works out like nicest guy, and he would just pull his dick out and be like, no, what's up with this? Oh, my uh, motherfucker. But he would wait. He would wait like four months oh, of course. and then do it again. He wouldn't do it all the time because then it's annoying and it's gross. And why do you need to constantly keep taking your dick out? What yeah. is fucking wrong with you? Whereas drunk as a joke, you're, I'm going to laugh. I'm going to laugh if you space it out for long enough. I'm not in those environments anymore, so I don't know how funny I'd find it now. But then yeah. I'd laugh my ass off and be like, you fucking got me, dude. Yeah. Again, put your dick away. This is not funny anymore. It's kind of funny, though. <laughs> and he always made us do it in usually the most crowded room he would find. Right. Because I think right. the, my guess, looking back, the excitement of it is what, you know, he was into. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but nobody else would usually see it. He would do it so discreetly. So it's just yeah. kind of like, boom, what about that? We're in the middle of 35 people right now. Oof. Yeah, I never did. Yep, I never, that's your never, dick. Never, I've never done that. Yeah, I, but I've wouldn't even occur to me. That's crazy. Me either. I'm surprised being around military. I've had more military guys do more. Come up and try and slap your balls nonstop. Gotcha. Oh, you got yeah, nothing, motherfucker. Military dudes are crazy, man. Yeah, I, I when I was serving, it was uh, yeah, exactly. I, I that kind of stuff. Uh, I try to shy away from. I had a guy. We knew we had a guy in our platoon who enjoyed like peeing into other people's showers. Like he would, while you were showering, he would walk into the shower or pull your curtain, pull the curtain up and he would just start mm-hmm. peeing into your shower. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing, man? It was crazy shit. Dudes are crazy with about their dicks, man. They're fucking crazy. There was a, a kid on my dorm floor um, that pooped in one of the shower stalls and then used his, you know, he had shower sandals on, but he used the sandals just to mash it into the drain. And you're like, oh my God. There's a toilet seven feet away, man. Yeah. Dude, seven like, fucking feet. I, I didn't, I didn't see it. Like it got cleaned up pretty quick. I heard about it afterwards. And you're just like, what, why, why, what kind of fucking animal? You're not even drunk. You're just an asshole. Like it's one thing if you're drunk and you're like, dude, that's stupid. You're an idiot. It's another right. one. You are stone cold sober. And that was a calculated <laughs> decision on your part to shit in a shower stall and then yeah. mash it in. Like that's so gross. Like, so I'm, gross. I'm almost done with my shower. I don't have, I've got to go really bad. I'm not, I'm just going to do it right here. But that's a bullshit I, excuse. It is. It really is. It's a bullshit excuse when there is a toilet seven feet away. Oh, mind blowing, man. Max mind eight blowing. feet. I mean, there's two shower stalls at the end of the bathroom and there's fucking uh, ridiculous. Yeah. And before yeah. you say like dudes are disgusting, dudes, I've talked to quite a few women about some of the shit women pull in bathrooms. Yeah, they got their own stuff. Woo, it's nuts. Some of the stories I've heard from some of the women I've dated uh, about the stuff other women pull in those uh, those showers and in those toilets and in those common areas. It's like, holy Mary, mother of God. If you're just sitting there and there's a used tampon or fucking maxi pad just right there and you're like, oh, that's so gross. That's so gross. I'm sure they've seen so many of those. Oh, yeah. Had to. If you ever use the bathroom at a bar, they've got a little box oh. over on the side. But that thing is disgusting. <laughs> I felt bad for the guy that had to clean it at the club. It's like, oh, oh yeah. that's the 
that's a smelling salt right there. It's come right yeah. back to life. I would imagine you got a system for that, you know, so you don't need the shock of the smelling salt. It's one of the few areas you work out a system for first. It's just guessing. <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's, it's not that dudes are gross. People are gross. People are, yeah, human beings yeah. are gross. People are gross. So then you sure. take the average dipshit, throw a dart. It does seem like more often. I've heard more stories about dudes doing oh, yeah. just, just things that makes you go, just why? Right. I can't even process what your brain, the, the fucking dominoes in your head that linked together that you thought this was a winning idea. I got a billion stories like that from dudes. Girls, it does happen, but it seems much rarer. Yeah, yeah. True, true, true. <laughs> well, I don't know how we segue into our list for today. <laughs> you know how we do it? Magic. Watch this magic segue. Please, go ahead. Uh, oh, I'm just saying, that's it. It's magic. And we're into the show. Uh, that's a good point. Yeah, uh, that is our show today. We're doing the top 10 movies about Magic. That's right. Magic. Uh, wizarding stuff. Uh, abracadabra. Yeah. Magic all that kind of in stuff. the movie. Magic. Yeah, exactly. Magic has to have for. been in the movie. It doesn't. It may yeah. not have to be a central part map, but it has to be. Yeah, in but they the got to. They got to use magic at some point. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And we limited only one per franchise. Yes, true, true. So it's not going to be you know certain British movie fest or a certain New Zealand right. movie fest or a certain right. right. Uh, limit our options there. So we spread the love around. Talk about some movies we never talk about. I know I'm forgetting stuff. Oh, yeah? yeah there's got to be ones. Oh, yeah. You and I both will probably forget a number of them. Yeah. On this or one, because once I started thinking about it, I was like, I that counts. Mm. That counts. That counts. Um, yeah. So I I know flat out I'm missing some some stuff. Yeah. I have to I, out a different I, lighting situation. This is another shitty thing about daylight savings. <laughs> I don't have proper lights set up in here. There are no real lights in here. So, boom, it's just going to get a spotlight on me in a black background. Ready for my close up, Mr. Roca? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Well, let's do it, man. Let's get into it. How does the show work before you go fully dark? How does the uh, show work? Once we set a topic, we go our individual ways and show back up here. I do my bottom three. He does his bottom three. I do my next two. He does his next two. Then we trade one apiece. Once we revealed our personal top ten list, we create the shows between the two of us. Boom. Um. So, oodles of choices. Yes. Whatever you got, I'm down for. It should be a fun show. Yep. Uh, ten, I, I just chose because I, I think I'm forgetting, but I chose The Mummy. Oh, yeah. Okay. Where's the ma- you mean this him coming to life? Yeah, they use the book of the dead and it's yeah. just all this magical, okay, exactly how does this do this? I mean, it's a religious ceremony, but it Right. It's, it seems like magic. And they saved his sacred organs. If you're saying it's not cuz they don't directly have a wizard or something? Yeah. Okay, I, I guess. Uh if you want to fight me on that, but it's such yeah. a weird list anyway. So this is a fun, fun list to come up with. So I'm not going to fight you on any of the choices. I don't think unless it's uh, way too out of bounds. I'm cool. But Egyptian suffers on a lot of levels is the same as Romans do. There aren't a lot of good movies about it. It's yeah. another reason I want to put it on because good point. It's tough okay. to find of Egypt. This Stargate. Yeah. Oh yeah. Stargate. Um, X-Men Apocalypse was terrible. I didn't see the something in gods with Rami Malek right before yeah. he won his Oscar. Right. Was that, was that Gerard Butler? Yes. Uh, 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 gods of Egypt or whatever it was called. I think it's yeah. something like that. Something yeah. generic. Yeah. Uh, 
Uh, I never saw that because it just looked terrible. And then it came out in January and you're like, nope, that, that answers that question. <laughs> so, a movie with that big a budget, that much CGI, it was not meant to come out in January. Yeah. Uh, it's meant to be like, you know, potential. Maybe this does 150 million summer box office randomly on some week in fucking August. Yeah. Make sure. Make sure. Yeah. It's true. It's version of the Megalodon. <laughs> Except Meg was somehow... I guess better because they still gave it a prime location. Once again, I've never seen the gods of Egypt or whatever the fuck it's called, but mm-hmm. mummy. Uh, I think, do you think that really sold Brendan Fraser to the world? Uh, he'd already existed by that, but he did kind of do I this think, flip because he became beloved. Yeah. I think that's the one that catapulted him into that level. It was that film that catapulted him to like, superstar level you've seen george of the jungle and these other films mm-hmm. but it was the mummy that people were like oh crap he could lead a franchise and it always is weird to me why he never quite got there fully with other things i mean like right now you, i mean you could make a case that he'd have been a great superman you know make a, you could make a great case that he'd have been a fantastic superman sure at the time because he's a good looking dude he's in great shape he's got that smile that smirk uh, but he okay. does the mummy, and then he does like Dudley Do Right and Bedazzled and Monkey Bones, yeah. which is nothing. Then does the Mummy Returns, which okay, great, he's back into prominence. But then does then does Dick then does Looney Tunes back in action? Uh, Crash, which isn't he isn't that that big of a part in Crash. Journey but it did win an Oscar. It did win an Oscar, sure. But like three hundred people were in that movie. The Tailor of Panama. Yeah, that was good because that was a he nice was good in that. difference. In I mean, that. look, before he did all that, he had school ties. So he's got this yeah. like smaller indie movie yeah. credentials. Yeah. Mrs. Winterborn. Yeah, he kind of he built his airheads. People liked airheads. Mm-hmm. I like so airheads. He he'd kind of built his um, status as kind of this actor in smaller movies, independent films, uh, and then but bo- bo- really blew up with The Mummy. Uh, but never was able to fully turn that into anything, no. you know. Which is weird uh, because if you have right. ask the average person that watches movies, they like Brendan Fraser. Yeah, they do. And he's a I, damn good actor, man. He is. Yeah. Um, and I will say this: the piece gets more and more believable. You know, as technology improves, cage <laughs> that piece looks better and better. That's true. That's true. Imagine I mean, John Connery if he had access to those pieces early oh. on. That's right. That's a good point. Uh, but he, the last few years, though, he's come back into prominence yeah, with TV. the affair. Yeah, trust, which was great. Uh, the Doom Patrol uh, and professionals, all those being really well received, and uh, him getting mm-hmm. a lot of uh, I don't know plaudits for his great work. So yeah, sometimes it's just the way it goes. You know, maybe he just didn't have that inclination to go and try to be one maybe of those not stars. Yeah, maybe it wasn't for him. Uh. He had a shot, though, and it's just it weird did. to see it didn't really materialize beyond that. Um, Very true. My number nine is yeah. Labyrinth. Uh, still a film I have not seen, so uh, knock yourself out. Okay, so the fact of the matter is I don't think you would like it. Yeah, probably at this age. I don't think at I'd like age. it. Yeah, Because I showed it to Catherine, um, who's, you know, uh, it should have worked for. One thousand percent. She saw it like four years ago and right. halfway through, she's like, do you want to finish this? Because I'm good. <laughs> and I've seen that movie so many times, right, so right. many times. <laughs> uh, but I could understand. I could tell she wasn't enjoying it. So I already knew she wasn't 
it didn't capture her imagination, so to speak. Right. right. So I was like, yeah, I'm fine with. So I don't know if you would like it at this point because my babysitter rented it when we were younger because mm-hmm. uh, we used to go and get movies like that all the time. Okay. Just go to the local VHS store, some mom and pop with like paneling on the walls. You know what I mean? Those generic yeah. racks. And you just walk through and you... St- at that age, I was grabbing cool covers and being like, what is this movie about? Uh, type of jazz. Right. Uh, and Labyrinth was one of the ones she chose to rent and we watched it and I've loved it ever since. Mm. But it's, I don't know. You may enjoy it. It's a bit, it's got a lot of fun and whatnot, but you know, yeah. it's a puppet movie with David Bowie and yeah, it's got a darker edge to it. Yeah. Jennifer Connelly and a cod piece. Jennifer Connelly. David Bowie's cod piece, apparently. It's huge. <laughs> It's ridiculously huge. It's one of Lindley's favorite movies, and she's always surprised that I've never seen it. Um, so, but at some point, maybe I'll break down and yeah. Do a little I mean, it has binge. not to say that it has a Tim Burton like world, but it has its own fleshed out version, uh, like he is able to do, or Wes Anderson, or whatnot. It has a real sense of its own identity, which is mm-hmm. good, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I will be intrigued. I think it's. You know, it's got a nice dark edge to it. There's some real terror because the Goblin King steals babies that no one loves. And if they aren't rescued within 24 hours, they're turned into goblins. And those are all the goblins that surround him. Wow. All kinds of, exactly. For a kid's movie, that's pretty dark when you think about all these goblins are former kids. Right, right. It's almost like on the, what age. It's almost like the Pinocchio thing where the kids get yeah, on that donkeys. island and turn into donkeys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Interesting. Okay. And he's got the right amount of menace, but it's got the right, you know, it's got a good amount of heart, mm-hmm. but there's still this dark undertow underneath. I think it's still successful personally, but right. couldn't believe it halfway through. And she's like, I'm good. <laughs> it's wow. Really? It's got good songs that they, yes, they're puppets, but they're so beautifully made that you don't give a shit. Like the acting on them is excellent. Mm, right, Some are right. wearing like full prosthetics and others are, you can tell they're fucking puppets. Yeah. But it's really good. There's only whether it's fire eaters, fire walkers, fire something. You can flat out tell that it's someone stood in front of a green screen and they put in a separate animation thing for the background. It looks bad. It's like Harryhausen-esque. You can tell the shift. (laughs) But none of the rest of the time can you. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, she loves it so much, then I think she might be able to sell you on the magic of it. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, Never Ending Story is one I won't go back and watch. That's another one of her favorites. Not good. Yeah, it's just like... It's melodramatic. It's... I don't know. I liked it as a kid. Now as an adult, it's too much. I'm happy, like, Atreyu dies. I wish Atreyu would die sooner Mm -hmm. because I hate the... Like, all that that whole chunk through the movie to me is nappy time. I'm out. This fucking (laughs) sucks. This is not the fun you're setting up. To this really, yeah, I didn't care for it. Yeah, I hear you, man. Absolutely. And the magic at the end. Yeah, you could keep us going. Just keep believing. Oh, fucking stop. Close the chapter on this. Let him die. Let him die. Uh, Number eight for me is Willow. Uh, That's a slight punt. Okay. So, yeah, but good choice, man. Um, All right. My number 10 is Oz the Great and Powerful. Uh, Okay. Is that a punt at all, or is that on your list? Uh, we only said one per franchise, so I did not choose Oz oh, the Great and Powerful. Oh, uh, okay. 
I don't really see it as part of the franchise because it's a completely different thing without any of the actors. Is it really? But I mean, is it really? It's the same fucking franchise, man. There is no return to the, the Oz the Great and Powerful if there is no. But there's no movie Dorothy. That shall not be named. I don't give a flying. You tell me they're two separate, distinct, All right. different things. Hold on. Let me see here. I might have to break the rule. No, I don't have anything else, man. It's, there wasn't that many that I. Well, oh, you no, there aren't that many that I would. Uh, let's see here. Maybe I can find something real quick uh, <laughs> uh, that I do. Let me give you some suggestions that potentially um, have had some of these others. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I. Oh well, no. Oh shit. No, you know what? You know, no. Let's kill it. Let's kill it. All right, that's fine with me. I can kill it because there is another thing that I do want to put up on this list uh, that I think is fair to put on this list, actually. Um, all right. Uh, yeah. All right. Let's do it. Uh, so then my number 10 is uh, Houdini, the 1953 movie with Tony okay. Curtis and Janet Lee. Um, and of course he, he's, he's well known as a magician. So it's Houdini. Yeah, it's uh, Houdini. Yeah. Me another magician from that era. Yep, there really what? is. They're really, really exactly. Uh, but yeah, it's a film that I grew up watching and, and uh, seeing on Saturday afternoon TV or whatever. And it's Tony Curtis and, of course, Janet Lee, his wife. But it tells the story of Houdini. And for the longest time, I thought this was the way he actually died doing a trick on stage. Uh, and oh, he did okay. the, the water torture trick that he does. And uh-huh. then he, someone kind of uh, tried to someone rigs the trick so that it keeps him in the water longer than it needs to. And uh, either Janet Lee or somebody kind of screams when they realize that he's actually going to die and they shatter it with an ax and he spills out of it and he has some final words to his wife and then he passes away. I thought that's how Houdini actually died. I didn't know later you found out that it was something in his chest or a heart attack or something that happened. No, he got was pun- it punched. So yeah. He got punched in the gut. So he had super duper strong, core muscles because he was you know regurgitating things and whatnot just doing and always being bound and in everything else so it was the story was he could take anybody's punch to the stomach didn't matter how big and strong you were his stomach muscles were so strong and he would do it for people but he had to like tense his muscles and apparently this dude hit him before he was paying attention oh and it just straight fucked like he came in clocked him and he died because of that right right uh okay all right. Yeah, that's that that's sense. the story as I've heard it. I don't know if that's true or not. Uh, I yeah. wasn't there. You know, fake oh. news could be fake news. Oh, be. fake news. I don't buy the Houdini died like that. I like your version much better. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like that's the thing that I don't understand. Sometimes some of these stories they twist around and turn around. So you know, in the end, uh, that's where uh, I go with that. Um, so yeah, it's Houdini was really good. If you, if for those of you who are classics watchers, this is one that you should put on your list for sure. I thoroughly enjoyed it uh, and loved uh, what happened there uh, in the movie. And if you haven't watched it in a long time, do yourself a favor and watch it. It's actually it'll actually be uh, mm-hmm. something fun for you to enjoy. Um, all right. So then, uh, if I can't have Oz on the list, which I'm really mad that you took it off my list, not really. it's your list, man. I just <laughs> one per franchise. I understand the distinction you're making, but I think it's yeah, yeah. Do I think it's negated by the overall. And you agreed with me. I did. Otherwise, it, you would have put up with a fight. 
It's so, true. You made, you made sense. You made sense. Um, uh, so uh, then my number nine is uh, Hugo. Do you remember Hugo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, I've never seen it all the way through. It's not that I have anything okay. against it. I just haven't okay. seen the first like 45 minutes. Yeah, yeah. This is a pretty awesome thing. Uh, I loved Hugo. Um, Scorsese, Scorsese directs it. Yeah, yeah, Scorsese with Aza Butterfield and Chloe Grace Moretz and Ben Kingsley. Uh, and Kingsley plays that old, um, old filmmaker, uh, um, who did, uh, who did uh, that trip French to the moon. Yeah, French George's, uh, what's his name? I forget George's name. Uh, Mathieu, something like that. Uh, let me see him look it up. Oh, George's Melier, George's Melier. Um, and all the things that happened there in this train station. You got Sasha Baron Cohen as this, uh, uh, this kind of like uh, inspector who is trying mm-hmm. to capture Asa Butterfield and capture Chloe, Chloe Grace Moretz. Um, but they look through the book, and the book is what uh, brings the the old um, films to life, uh, the magic of the old films. And that's okay. where he goes back in time to see Melier as a young man because Kingsley is old now, fixing watches or fixing things at this kind of uh, in this train station. And so they go back in time to remember when he was um, an incredible creator who essentially laid the foundation of film going forward and 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 was it was instrumental in creating these films and of course at that time you're not living the way that some people that people do now as a director you know people like chaplin were the rarity not the standard yeah uh, and so like somebody like me yeah especially uh, at the beginning was not so it's a great magical trip into the past as a obviously a love letter to film uh from scorsese through the eyes of this kid and i think it's based on a book as well um, I think yeah. so. I think you're right. Yeah, John Logan adapted. It's based on Brian Selznick's book, uh, The Invention of Hugo Cabret. So, uh, but I, uh, dude, it's it's one I go back to watch, and it's one of these anomaly Scorsese films, Matt. Where you like mm-hmm. when you think of Scorsese, Hugo is rarely the first thing that comes up, or even the first few films in your mind that comes no. up. But it's still a damn good job by him as a director to have such a deft touch to tell this child's story, and of course, connected to Georges Méliès. And Kingsley does a great job. And to try something three decades in. Yeah, right. Directing at that point and be like, I want to do something completely different, Mm -hmm. Uh, which is really interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, Because there are certain guys that do it practically every movie. And we're like, all right, I'm going to try and make this. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, yeah. And it's audacious. Yeah. Uh, But to see another dude that has a winning formula. <laughs> as far as <laughs> contentions for the best movie that's made that year, and it's like you know what I want to do. I'm 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 tired of that. I'm tired of crushing yeah. over here. Uh, I'm Jordan, and I just got my third championship. I'm gonna go play baseball. I'm like, all right, maybe maybe he's good at baseball. Yeah, maybe he's good at baseball. I, I want to believe that he could. We saw you know Neon Dion play two sports. Bo Jackson played two sports. Yeah, that's a good basketball is a little different. Yeah, it's a good point. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, but I've only seen like the first forty-five. So, um, okay. Well, I would encourage you to finish it if you get a chance to finish it. If you get in the mood to finish it, I would encourage mm-hmm. you to finish it. Um, all right. So then, my number eight is the Pixar offering onward that happened. Okay, sure. Yeah, because I mean, it's about the magic in the stick, and it's of course a magical yeah. world. Full on, yeah. It's a, yeah. They, you know they've got griffins and that one yeah. woman that's a. a night manager of whatever that joint is. 
Yeah. Oh God, I forget what character. What? Uh, yeah. Will to be some sort of will to be. Yeah, but she's a griffin, so she's like a lion with wings and. Right. Uh, right. 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 But she's more a middle-aged woman. The general yeah. manager's a restaurant now. And she used to be like this really yeah. powerful, mythical. Yeah. <laughs> she's like running a restaurant. Oh yeah, she's got an uh, HR department type. Of <laughs> you got to work. You got to work. You got to work. <laughs> but uh, but I I really enjoyed this movie, man. I didn't expect much from it, and when I went to see it, really enjoyed the chemistry, uh, voiceover wise, by uh, Tom Holland and Chris Pratt, and uh, and Julie Louis Dreyfus mm-hmm. almost steals the movie in every scene she's in. Um, and I really enjoy the fact that they're trying to figure out how to have twenty four hours with their dad again. I got really emotional at the end, you know, having lost my father, and so whenever those moments are done well in films, they really do affect me. Uh, and yeah in this movie it did plus i really enjoyed the idea of someone who is kind of a mess up in his life versus someone who's always doing the right thing how sometimes the difference between these two people are not as stark as you think uh and there are some things that need to be worked out on both sides because you can be too much of a stickler and you can be too much of a laid-back person and so the fact that they found a way to come together uh and the sacrifices that are made by both of them Mm-hmm. because they love each other as brothers and they don't hate each other as much as they may fight sometimes, uh, I found to be refreshing. And I thought okay. Chris Pratt playing that character was very refreshing as well. And, and when the magic happens at, uh, when it does happen, it is, uh, it is, uh, really well done by Pixar, really smartly done by Pixar. And yeah. You're not going to put this one up with toy story or anything else, but it mm-hmm. does deserve a place on a list like this for me, the top 10 films about magic. So, um, yeah, Full on about magic. Yeah. Um, I was just disappointed. Okay. All right. It felt more like a DreamWorks than a Pixar. Oh, uh, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I could see you feeling that way about it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's th- nothing against it, but DreamWorks doesn't pull at my heartstrings like Pixar is so effective at doing. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. this one uh, just felt like, I don't know, I, I wasn't as connected to the characters, I think, by the end of it. Because mm-hmm. there have been other movies like Coco, I think, is too long. Oh, yeah, but Coco. Yeah. I'll be damned if that final remember me oh. doesn't get me every sure. single time. Every sure. single time. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas the rest of the movie is like, I, we could really cut one of these musical numbers and whatnot. But the end is like, dude, uh, you got feelings, right? Well, get reintroduced to them all of a sudden. Yeah. You didn't expect that, did you? I just. Uh, Onward, I wanted to be that. I wasn't, by the end, I was like, oh, that's cool, I guess. Okay. All right. What can I do? Can't do nothing but respect your Yeah, I know. I know. But if you do have the extra resonance of that story, yeah. means more to you because right, right. you can identify more with it. Yeah. And, you know, sad as it is to say, I'm thankful that I can't yet on that level. Fair point. I don't be sad uh, about that at all, man. Please. I know, but I don't want to say that like in some gloating. No. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But people, it's, people it's, know we're, people know we're good people, man. They, they, I, okay. I know, but yeah, but even to say it's like the, to to put the thought into the world, it's like it, it has nothing to do with that. I'm thankful that I, I thought this movie wasn't as good as others did. Yeah. Okay. On that level. Uh, All right. So then, what's your uh, what's your seven? We're up to your seven, I think. Uh, seven is Spirited Away. Oh yeah, I knew that was going to make your list. I, I wish I loved it as much as you do, man. I I just I don't. But please go ahead. I think. The parts, it really works for me. It yeah. works so wildly successfully yeah. uh, that I'm willing to, there are aspects of it uh, kind of drag ever mm-hmm. so slightly. Yeah. 
for me, but I think overall about 90% of the time it's humming. And I think it's very magical and inventive and it's a unique storyline. And I have a connection to that little girl as she kind of goes on, she grows up a little bit because she's distancing herself from her parents because whatever else, uh, you yeah. know, the, the metaphors of them turning into pigs, yeah. the selfishness, et cetera. But to show her be so compassionate towards everyone around her when it could end up causing her harm, it felt honest. Yeah. Um, as opposed to, ah, we'll make a really, basically uh, a character that saves the cat every opportunity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can get tiresome. Whereas because it was from a young child yeah. or a young like a, a tween, I don't know what she would have been, 10 sure. or something sure. like that. Yeah. Um, the earnestness just has always felt honest and genuine and believable to me. And okay. I think all the stuff with dealing with the spirits and the baths and all the characters that she runs into there, uh, yeah. the woman that owns it slash runs it, her weird giant sized baby that eventually get morphed mm. into like a hamster. And then right. the other one is a, a fly or something, but then they become her companions and they grow up along with her. I just think because of that, it has a, it, for lack of a better word, magic mm-hmm. to capture my attention uh, that way. But there are yeah. a couple of scenes where I'm like, I don't know, this feels like just stock anime-ish or not anime. I don't know right, what the right word is for it. Uh, yeah, I think that's right, isn't it? it well, I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not as well-educated, so I'm sure I'm getting it wrong. But anyway, Spirited Away, that's my number seven. All right, fair enough. All right, what's your number six? Uh, my six is Kubo and the Two Strings. Oh, yeah. Dude, I wanted to put it on, and I almost put it on and took Houdini off. Uh, but I mean, we never talk about, we don't talk about old movies as much anymore. And I just wanted to put that on there, but I love Kubo. So yeah, please go ahead, man. Um, so it's when they get it right for me, they, they really get it right. And even when they get it wrong, a la box trolls or missing link, I still have things that I appreciate the living hell out of, especially in missing link. I think, I think that movie is pretty dull. Yeah, I agree with you. It's kind of dull. Yeah, but I'll be damned if it doesn't. That is the most beautiful claymation. Just the cinematography, the choice of certain scenes, the scope of it for claymation. That is mind-blowingly impressive. Yeah. Uh, and Kubo actually has a nice mix of the two because they have the fantasy elements and they bring in like that that ghost dragon type thing that is his grandpa. Uh, but also the smaller moments, the the look of the monkey character that, uh, was it, uh, Charlize Theron? Oh, yeah. The yeah, Charlize Theron. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. and then... McConaughey's the beetle type of character. Yep. Uh, but they're origami that come to life because he's got a magical instrument type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, I mean, man, that's why I'm always jazzed when Lake is coming out with something else and be like, when you crush it for me, it is a grand slam. Yeah. Yeah. The only one I don't think I want to ever rewatch is box trolls. Yeah. Yeah. That was kind of disappointing. I was just bored. Whereas, at least Missing Link is a feast for these eyes. Sure, sure. Visually, it's a pretty incredible film. Uh, and the voiceover work is good, too. Yeah, the voiceover is always good. I'm not denigrating that. Mm. Um, I just found the overall story in Box Trolls just boring as all yeah. shit. I was so expecting to like end. it, too. Man, yeah, me too. I saw it opening weekend. Huh. All right. At that point, I was like, I'm a fan. So right. I'm, I'm going to go if I can remember that's coming out, but it's a lot easier with apps and shit these days. You yeah. know, back then I had to look online. I didn't have a pocket held, you know, reminder of what movies are coming. From <laughs> <my kids. laughs> 
<laughs> I had to use a website. You know what I mean? All 10 digits to type shit. You Fucking that is. Do you know what that even is? A website, yeah. your children. It's the worst. You guys have no idea. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Kubo yeah. in the two strings is my yeah. number six. What do you got? Uh, my uh, that's uh, my number seven is Willow, which was the punt from earlier. Okay, a slight punt. Uh, yeah, I like the movie. I still go back every once in a while, enjoy it. Uh, certainly, uh, when they announced that they were gonna do the sequel, uh, which I'm confused how they're gonna make that work. But I'm I I mean I hope they they get it right. But this is one of those Ron Howard offerings that goes into the legendary pile but mm-hmm. it's certainly not but it's it's funny when you talk about people who like love and respect movies willow when they talk about ron howard isn't one of the first films they bring up most of the time but if you're from a certain time and you grew up with this movie as a kid it is one of those ones that you feel a nostalgic uh, love for yeah. um so there and there's nothing wrong with that you have val kilmer uh is it um a warwick a young warwick davis uh, and Joanne Wally Kilmer in this as well. It's a great story. It's a fun story. People have been clamoring for a sequel for 30 years. Uh, and it's a very sweet story as well. And there's some great action, some great like old school medieval, uh, medieval stuff, and the magic involved in it as well. All of it just really works. It's a very 80s film, but it's a very 80s yeah. film in a good way. In a good way, yeah. For those, because I got friends that are the same age range, and they hate mm-hmm. that movie. And every time I'm like, I love it. Yeah, I remember seeing it in the theater and just thinking it was incredibly good. I went back and watched it not that long ago, like a couple of years ago. Oh, well, um, okay. I understand the flaws that people point out. Right, 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 right. But the magic of the stupid acorns that freeze things and the two-headed beast that they have to square off against and <laughs> Val Kilmer just swarthily delivering these great little one-liners um, – Although I was already a fan, yeah, I believe he'd done real genius before that. So yeah, he already. Yeah. Um, although top secret, I didn't see until after I saw these. Oh, okay, all right. Uh, I I didn't know it existed. I was a Naked Gun fan. And like, have you ever seen this? And I was like, oh no. Mm-hmm. Um, which would have more than likely even more cemented my love of Val Kilmer when I was right. a kid. It's like right. this guy could do it all. He could do the action. He could do the drama. He could do the comedy. It's handsome. Dude, he was the best. Well, I'm um, saying I don't want to say it in past tense, but you know, it's well, he's had a rough couple of years. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. that sucks. Yep, um, he's got that uh, throat cancer, and he's apparently in the new Top Gun film. But I imagine he's in the coffin, which you see in the trailer. So it's a shame overall. But you know, it's um, it, you know, whatever. I, what can you say? It's it's a shame, but. Um, this, these are, he, but he leaves a leg. He'll leave a legacy when he passes on, or if he never acts again, he still leaves a legacy with the incredible films that he did in the eighties and nineties, um, and even up to Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which is kind of the mm-hmm. last time you really saw what he could do as an actor. Uh, MacGruber. Oh yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, right. All right, fair. I respect that. I, 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 I don't think for later that was right before he got cancer. That's true. That's true. So he was still, he was kind of having like a little bit of a resurgence where it's like Val Kilmer's coming back around. Yeah. Like I'm in on this. McGruber. You'd hope we get the Michael Keaton kind of treatment. Mm. Uh, true. Cause he's a good actor. Apparently he was, you know, difficult on some sets. Yes. That's, but you know, so was Brando. So, you know, what are we talking about here? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Brando's still a little difficult. Yeah. So you know. I don't see the point of Brando's. 
Well, yeah, I hear what you're saying. I don't see. Yeah, right. You're right. You're, what's the point of being? Uh, Why make it miserable? Yeah, right. It's tough enough trying to make it all work. Why add to that? Yeah, right. they are already treating you as if you're God on this set anyway. Yeah. yeah. So what? Now you need them to fear you as well? Like you're, you're literally called talent. You're literally called talent. No one else is called talent on a set but the actor. Uh, and that, and so if that isn't enough for you, then what's wrong with you? Yeah. And then amongst actors and directors and writers and producers and movie studio people, he's Marlon F and Brando. Yeah. Right. So they're all like, it's Marlon. So they already fawn over everything you do for them to make them worry about the fucking just, just ridiculous emotional swings of a, a petulant child. Yeah. Uh, whereas Kilmer's, I think he was the the main one I know is uh, Island and Doctor Moreau, Oof. but that that seemed like a miserable experience for everybody. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know, I, I don't know if he instigated or just followed the lead of others and be like, "Fuck it, I'm not having a good time either," and just started acting like an asshole. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but also maybe he was just feeling himself at that time. Yeah, he maybe was like, he was. He's prime Kilmer at that time, man. I mean, he's about to be Batman or right after Batman. So uh, he's got that vibe that he is like king of the world. You know? Yeah, and, I th- wow. Is it right before or after? What do you want to say? Right before uh, or after? I say right, I say right before. before. Yeah, I'm I like think right, right before. before. Yeah. You looking Let's it up? See. Yeah, I look it up right now. Let's see here. Right before. Okay, hold on. Before you look it up. Okay. Let's go even closer. How close before do you think it was? One year. Six months? One, One year? One year. One year. Yeah. One year. One That's year what I would say. Batman. All right. Let's take I'm it. Gonna say, I'm going to say like 14 months. I'm going to go just a little over you. My bid, $2 is what I'm saying. Uh, We're both wrong. It is after Batman Forever. And it's after Heat, bro. Ooh. Wow. That is tough. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Mm. I would imagine Brando came in swinging, acting like a jerk. Mm-hmm. They're out uh, shooting on location, and what seems to be a, like a nice place, but maybe it was muggy every day, and there's mosquitoes yeah. nonstop, and all right. that jazz. Right. And he was like, "That dude is awful. I am so pissed off. Yeah. I want to believe that because all you hear from Brando is Brando. Yeah, he acted like this a lot. Yeah. The documentary. If you haven't seen the documentary, I can't recommend it enough. I don't know if you've seen him app, but certainly, the oh, it's better have- than the movie. Yes, absolutely. Not even close. Richard, uh, the movie is there. one of the worst things I've ever seen in a movie theater. Oh, a, a thousand percent. It's terrible. A thousand percent. It's painful um, to sit through. It's it's uh, it's not good. I wanted to ask the director because I got a chance to sit down with the director for like forty minutes to talk about uh, Richard Stanley. He did uh, that movie first, and he's the one they mm-hmm. cover in the documentary. I wanted to have him for an hour just talking about that experience. And maybe someday I'll be able to do that. But we had to focus on the Nicolas Cage movie with uh, Brendan Meyer. But like, I wanted, I got like five, 10 minutes in that interview to talk about it, but I wanted more, you know, cause the documentary is so weird. He's an unusual cat, Matt. He did for years. He led tours of the uh, like historical tours and artifact tours mm-hmm. of the, of the areas where he was living. Um, uh, there okay. for like 10 years, man. Uh, I can't remember if it was Egypt or uh, I know it was, I don't think it was New Zealand, but I wonder if it was Egypt or something like that. He just led a lot of tours through that and like teach people. So he walked away from movies for a very, very long time. And then to kind of doing all this stuff that he was doing there to kind of pass the time and, and make money and pay his bills and whatever. So it's just very, very interesting cat on so many levels. 
Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. That's what I'll say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's, all right. Where are we at? What number are we at? Oh, my six. Sure. Uh, so my six is the controversial choice. And I know a lot of people are going to be pissed about it, that it's this low, but it's uh, the two towers. Uh, all right. It's fun. Yeah. All right. That's fun. fun. That's fun. All right. What's your number five as we go uh, into the second half of our show? My five is uh, the Wizard of Oz. Uh, that's a punt. Okay. Just Believable. Trust me. This is my top five. You could tell me any which way on my top five. Oh, legitimately. Yeah. A thousand so, percent. Yeah. All right. What's your five? Um, my five is Doctor Strange. Okay. I, I chalked that up as superhero, so I didn't count it. That just oh, me personally. Okay. He's magic. It's magic. It's magic. Yeah. Totally. I just was like, I had superheroes, and there's a well, lot of magic going on. Well, when you said one per franchise, I just was like, okay, Doctor Strange. Uh, sure. If yeah. I'm going to choose anybody from those MCU. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, we've talked about the show, uh, the film a million times. One of our favorites. Both of us love it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in my top five of MCU. Maybe top ten, I guess, now with Avengers Infinity War coming out and uh, Endgame. But certainly it is one oh, that – my top ten for sure. Yeah, I, I still defend this film. I know there are a lot of people that put it near the bottom of their list, which I don't understand. Maybe you've crazy. never – Maybe you've never done any, yeah, right? You're crazy. Maybe you've never done any inner exploration. Maybe you've never done any kind of, you know, uh, maybe your eyes don't work. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you were hung over that day and your brain wasn't processing on all four, you know, fours. So I, I'm going to go with the Matt uh, suggestion. <laughs> it's legit. It's so good. Yeah, it is so good. Now, dude. if you want to talk to me about where in the order, okay. But yeah, right. Sure. It's top ten. It's like it was unique. It was original. It was engaging. It was tons of great action, mm-hmm. gorgeous visuals. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what if Inception, except they did like crazy cool shit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and the best hook on how to defeat a villain of anyone yeah. in the MCU. It's not a punch. It's not a laser thing. It's not a this. It's not a that. It's a basically yeah. just. Do you want me to drive you nuts for the rest of your life forever? Actually. In a loop, which is going to live through these 10 seconds. Yeah. Hey, fuck you. All right. I'll be back in seven seconds. <laughs> hey, fuck you. And just forever. Cause that's what we're set up. And what a great way to end it. It is right. What an incredibly yeah. intelligent way to end it for sure. Yeah. As opposed to a green lantern. It's like, I'm going to green punch it to death. And you're like, yeah. I don't know if you could do that to this thing. Or you're just, you're just fighting with a lot of the Marvel complaints where you're just fighting an alternate version of yourself. Like Killmonger is basically an alternate version of Black Panther. Uh, Loki is an alternate version of Thor. So it's just like those, those were the villains for a long Never time. Never thought about it like that before. Are yeah. there any others? Uh, yeah. Iron Man 2, the, the Mickey Rourke's is bad yeah. Iron Man. Yeah. Well, so Iron Man 3, too, because when uh, – uh, what's his face? Guy Pierce puts on the uh, tricks, the extremist thing. He's essentially a hu- a machine. His body's a machine to destroy yeah. Iron okay. Man. And even in the first Iron Man, right? It's Jeff Bridges in the yeah. bigger Iron Man suit. So it's always the counter. It's been for a long time, except the Hulk though. But then the Hulk doesn't really, they haven't really kind of done much with the Hulk. Uh, wow. I mean, it's he's on a super serum and the other dude takes the super serum as well. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So there you go. We've all looked at Tim Roth and said, Hey, you see that, Five seven British guy with potentially scoliosis. Yeah, he'd be perfect. What do you think about turning him into a super soldier? <laughs> yeah, let's do that. That makes sense. Yeah, even Captain America, Red Skull, is the yeah. guy who's taking the soul super I, soldier. No, I can't believe I never yeah. thought of it like that. Yeah, it is. It's just a binary. 
Yeah, it is a complete binary. Otherwise, superheroes run into a problem of you know not everybody could be Hulk, so you got to get. It's got to seem as though so you keep the stakes even keeled. Yeah, like that makes sense. Makes all the sense in the world. It's one of the reasons why I love Joker. Joker has no superpowers. He's just a regular dude who's just nuts. Right. He's not, he doesn't have like a utility yeah. belt. Yeah. He's got little things that he's got, but he's not like, you know, he's not like Batman and shit. So, no. and he's fighting society. Right. Right. Which is Batman is a, a symbol of exactly. Well, he doesn't even exist yet. Right. 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 Um, okay. Where are we at? That was uh, my number five. What's your number so four? My four is the punt from you with two towers. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Once again, you could sell me on. This is the top two. I just like my top five. They're all kind of equal to me. I don't know how I rank the top five because I like, I genuinely do like all of them pretty much equally. Because mm-hmm. uh, I find them all very rewatchable over and over and over again. Even Wizard of Oz, I've seen that a lot of times and I'm more yeah. than happy to, uh, like, you know, uh, hanging out with some family. Like, you want to throw on some Wizard of Oz? Yeah, let's go for it. It's been a couple of years. Like, yeah. it's a great movie. Uh, two Towers is. My favorite of the second trilogy, I believe yours, or the the first trilogy, rather. Yeah, yeah. The Two Towers is my favorite um, of the three, for sure. Is it so your favorite overall, or does no, Hobbit supplant? The Hobbit, uh, I think the second Hobbit movie is a rival for Two Towers for me. And it depends on the day. Depends, wow. and, and the Hobbit ones are about to come out in 4K. All three of them as a collection in December. So guess what I'm going to be buying. But like, um, uh, yeah. But but two towers. I don't know, dude. I don't know if anything rivals Helm's Deep. That fight at Helm's Deep is it's awesome. It's just maybe one of the greatest it battle is. scenes ever in the history of film. It the the whatever scale miniature it is because you can see production photos of them like walking around. But it comes up to like the the yeah. wall is, I think crotch or waist level-ish type of thing and then there's the big tower itself of yeah. helm's deep um and then the just the sheer scope of it where you can see that the the source material for the overall stories is world war one yep that yep. feels like a world war one battle mm-hmm. where you have a, two entrenched forces and then you're just trying to break through a line uh this just happens to be set more of a medieval fair, but it feels like World War One. Mm-hmm. It's got all the the little pieces here and there. I love the dude that runs in with the bomb, and it's new technology oh, yeah. to them, so they don't know what to expect. And then yeah. suddenly, no one has ever broken the walls of Helm's Deep to you get introduced to new technology, mm-hmm. and it crushes your old defense. Mm-hmm. Um, just like all the shelling in World War One, they built these massive super forts that could stand yeah. all of the Napoleonic cannon fire because that's the biggest the world's ever seen. Fast forward <laughs> a couple decades, <laughs> like oh yeah, now we're pouring concrete footing for this cannon we're shipping in that fires 115 pound shells at you from two miles away. Suck yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> so to see that represented, you know, by this guy running in, almost looked like. Um, the big brother ad from Apple where the woman yeah. runs in oh, with yeah. the hammer with and the goes hammer, to throw right, it through. Right. It's te- technology crashing through. And just to see this guy running, <laughs> he's got this <laughs> fizzing little bomb. Oh, it's so cartoonish. And it's always captured. It just every time I see it, a little smile on my face. What a great um, little addition and a huge explosion. You know, it's a miniature, but it looks so believably real. Yeah. Just when I went from something I'd never heard of to the gold standard. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. 
Agreed, man. And, and, but I mean, like, it, and it keeps your attention. Like the first one, I don't like because there's a lot of running across the plains and blah blah blah. And the third one yeah. at times can get super fucking cheesy. Even though, you know, Gandalf and Aragorn coming together for the final battle is pretty cool. But at and Erwan getting to stab the Death Eater and whatever, like it's all. But mm-hmm. like to me, the Helm's Deep one because of the rain and the night, and it seems like they can't defeat them and the orcs are just coming in like world war z kind of numbers and they're doing the best they can it's incredible to watch just in i think it's peter jackson's greatest film like it's his greatest film ever in terms of of, of um uh skill and technique i agree with that visual his cinematography yeah yeah I'll, um i mean i guess it'd be uh this and then maybe number two is they shall not grow old Oh yeah, never, never grow old. They should never grow old. The documentary, yes, yeah, oh, dude, yeah, it was awesome, thousand percent, dude. Yeah, that was awesome. Although, I, I would still take two towers as number one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but you know, because King Kong is no bueno, yeah. and uh, his earlier stuff, Frighteners is good. Frighteners is it's, good. It's all right. It yeah. didn't capture me the way a lot of his later. I never saw Lovely Bones. I heard it wasn't that good. Lovely Bones is okay. It's not great. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. Hey. Uh, I'm, are you dead now? Are you dead? Where's my daughter? You know, that's Mark Wahlberg. Um, yeah. Uh, where are we at? Where are we at? Uh, so that was my four. What's your four? Uh, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. All right. That is my number three. Okay. Yeah. Um, like this movie. Love this movie. Have fun mm-hmm. with this movie. Enjoy this movie. Quaron does a fantastic job in this movie. Uh, and throughout, I'm just blown away by the potential that this franchise had. And it it kind of dropped in Goblet of Fire, and it started picking back up again for me in Order of the Phoenix, and then, of course, in Deathly Hallows uh, uh, Part 2. So there was a lot to... There was, I think uh, Caron was the first one to glimpse the possibility of what what this franchise was capable of in terms of depth and complexity and drama and true danger and true fear um, uh, that uh, you see uh, in movies afterwards, in this installment yeah. afterwards, uh, when the from directors who understand what it's capable of, you know. So for that reason alone, it's it's uh, where it is on my list. Well, the, I mean, the tonal shift two yeah. is a little bit darker than one, but it was yeah. still made for younger audiences. And three, it gets just the perfect balance of this is going darker. Mm-hmm. You need to understand that death is at the end of this. Yeah, yeah. And that's what he is fighting. Um, mm-hmm. But still maintaining the innocence. And it's, it's, it's. I think it's also the reason that it ends up being both of ours and most people's favorite uh, of the franchise. Yep. Yep. Because... I, I think it's the director that is most in control of the tone this movie distinctly needs. Yeah, yeah. And just finding that balance between the two. Uh, but I don't know what else to say about Azkaban. <laughs> so. It also features – it also uh, gives you a glimpse into the possibility – of Radcliffe and Emma Watson and Rupert Grint as actors, right? In the first two, they're mm-hmm. kids – and they're kid child actors, but when you see some of the um, uh, more adult or mature uh, situations that they find themselves in in three, you really see these kids step up to the plate as young teenage actors and bring the the kind of um, I don't know the kind of and show you the breadth of their talent at that young age and what's possible, what potential they have 
once Harry Potter, once the series is over, this franchise is over, to do work outside of this franchise and be just fine doing mm-hmm. so. And all three of them have walked separate paths, but all three of them have accrued respect for their work after Potter. You know, and this is yeah. the first film that showed you what was there, what could be there. Yeah, they got depth, they got chops. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as Matt said, chops. They got chops. Um, all right, what's your? That was your. Well, that was my three. three. So then, my three is the Wizard of Oz, which is uh, okay. It was my five. Yeah, your five. Um, I mean, uh, this one, st- Matt. It still holds up. It's a classic it's for a fucking reason. You can show it to a, to kids nowadays. Kids in a tw- hundred years from the future, and they'll get it. They'll understand it. They'll feel it once again. A film that starts out. Uh, in some hard situation with a tornado that sends her and she lands on a witch and mm-hmm. then she meets these munchkins and has to go on this yellow brick road and meets these interesting uh, people in the scarecrow, the Tim Man, and the lion. Uh, but then the witch is coming after her the whole time and the flying monkeys and that score, all of it. You sense the dread throughout the movie, no matter how playful these songs are at certain times in the movie, they're the dread of her death. Uh, is never far away, uh, no matter how much is going on. That looks like she's going to be fine. Yeah, um, it's crazy to me that this hasn't come up on more lists. We have not talked about the Wizard of Oz all that much in all That's these true. years of doing the show. It's a good point. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think it's it's as successful today as it was when it came out. Mm-hmm. It was uh, you're, you're when the at the end when you see the pivot and you see that uh, the scarecrow is one of the the family friends. Right, right. And right. the Tin Man. It's like, it's one of those earlier times where they're asking audiences to kind of step beyond. Like, the storytelling needs to expand and have depth. And even within this child's movie, ostensibly, yeah, uh, you can kind of have that and it becomes a, was this all part of her subconscious? Yeah. Or was the magical world real? And the questions that would come up after that, you know, as you walk out. Because mm-hmm. uh, a tremendous amount that came out at that time is just Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Yeah. Right, 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 right. <laughs> and you're like, okay, the title <laughs> told me to one, you know, uh, farmer Billy had to go to the blacksmith. <laughs> okay. I get it. So was it like a long journey and it wasn't in your town or something? All right. Right. Um, they weren't asking as much of audiences, at least in my understanding, I didn't live at that time. Right. You so fake news but- from me. But the change also, Matt, from black and white to color is so incredible and vibrant and eye-catching and it works so well for the for the um, film. And I think this is 1939, and, and we're still not even uh, – we're still doing black and white movies through the 40s and 50s until finally like the mid-50s, late 50s when color starts to be something they, they use a lot. So that as well, right? Is it 1939? Yeah, 1939. So uh, it kind of – predates the usage of color and shows you the potential of color yet many mm-hmm. filmmakers didn't use color through the 40s and into the mid 50s so uh just to for that alone it, it deserves a lot of respect as well plus the characters glenda the good witch the cowardly lion the tin man you know a scarecrow, yeah. all of them and the message uh, at the end about like you know it's all there within once again you know it's all there within you uh, all the potential is within you sometimes you have to realize that it's there you know he always had the brain he always had the heart he always had the courage just had to believe that it was there and it would be there for them when they needed it and same thing with dorothy she was she could always find her way home uh and it's that kind of thing so uh, i love it for that as well and none of the sequels none of the 
have ever come close. And that's why Oz Great and Powerful was number 10 on mine because it was like, yeah, it was a fun movie, but it wasn't, you know, like. Yeah, I mean, I, I like it. Magic. I like Return to Oz. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. I saw it in the theater and it was weird and kind of, I liked it for its weirdness and I didn't like it for its weirdness. Right. But I like the clockwork figure and the woman that could take her heads off. That that scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, but an interesting idea. Like they were still. Maybe I need to watch that again. Maybe well, it works better as an adult. Also, as successful as it was, Matt, I'm surprised we haven't seen like 500 remakes. We've seen some remakes, like there've been TV shows or, you know, um, smaller versions of. But we've never seen like a full-on remake of this particular film. No matter how, and that speaks to how untouchable it really is as a classic for a lot of people. And don't you think too, though, if you remade it, you'd still want to. I, I would feel, or I would assume, you'd feel compelled to do the black and white to color transfer. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. And it, it wouldn't out. have the emotional effect it did then, which was revelatory. Mm-hmm. Whereas now you'd be looking at the black and white, going, "Why are they making the choice to go into black and white?" Yeah. And then when it gets to color. Maybe it would. I don't know. But I mean, in 1939, mind blown. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's such a great... Uh, I, I wonder if there was another movie that did that before them and they took the idea or they created themselves. No, I think they created themselves. And I, and the thing about this movie, Matt, if you watch it at a young enough age, it really kind of turns you on to the power of film. You know, mm-hmm. the, the, the what is capable because you're not born knowing Scorsese or Coppola or any of that stuff coming out of the womb. You slowly figure out what film is. And when you see something like yeah. The Wizard of Oz, then you understand the scope and magnitude on a subconscious level of what's possible uh, with the medium of film. You know, and I think that's another thing that speaks volumes about this movie. Yeah, it's never come up. I think I was racking my brain. I know we've talked about it once. I couldn't tell you. But beyond that, I was like, yeah. man, Wizard of Oz never made. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Um, all right. Where are we at? You're number two. Hey, my deuce. Okay. Is uh, the prestige. Oh, that's my one. Wow. All right. Okay. Once again, my top five, you can tell me on whatever. And my number one, you're not going to have. And my, your number two, I assume is going to be on your list. I didn't realize it was going to be this high. <laughs> okay. Uh, Go ahead. Yeah. Pres- I mean, it's the Hollywood formula of, hey, we got a magic movie coming out. Oh, yeah, we got a magic movie coming out. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. You got a volcano movie? <laughs> we got a better one coming like a month before yours. <laughs> the stranger one is the, Truman, the, uh, the strange yeah. one is the Truman Capote one, Matt. <laughs> like, and like, then uh, McConaughey's Ed TV. Oh, yeah, with Truman Show. Yeah, that's yep. right. Although I don't think they were as close as Deep Impact and Armageddon. Yeah, they were like right on top of each other. True. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Volcano and Dante's Peak were right on top oh, of each yeah. other. Good point. And then these were pretty close. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. I don't think they were as close as the others. But anyway, um, you know, they, they bring in a bunch of great characters. I love the addition of Nikola Tesla, which should detract from the, the yeah. movie. Just like a weird out of nowhere. Why the fuck is Nikola Tesla in this? Yeah. But the ultimate payoff as to why he is there makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. And, uh, such a fun interesting cool you know idea yeah it's like one of the my favorite things about hellboy just bringing in rasputin mm-hmm. why not right i'm sure it was in the comic book and for the comic book writer to bring it in but i love that it's just like you know what it fits the vibe of what you're going for here uh so bring in nikola tesla you know to help hugh jackman i don't want to 
say too much. Can we talk about it? Spoiler, it's like 15 years old at this point, yeah, is it not? Yeah, I think it's 13 fine. years old. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to pull off that eventual trick. And then the philosophical questions that then trick leaves you with of, is it worth it? Mm-hmm. Whose life is this actually? What does this really mean? Uh, good for you, Nolan. You managed to kind of fuck with time still. Another movie under the belt on that one. <laughs> Just the life extending beyond that timeline type, but not quite the one person is experiencing that time right. shift, but still fucking with time a little bit. Yeah. Uh, he does manage to do that a lot. And somehow we don't, I don't fault him for it. He's timey wimey, man. I know a lot of some, but some people do. And I think tenant is where he finally, I think tenant is where he finally went too far, man, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I need a, a good streaming copy at this point. I can't yeah. see it in any theater. So yeah. Uh, Theaters are closed down here too, man. It sucks. Dude, new lockdown, bro. I know, bro. Oh, man. Um, I respect it, bro. But I, I Yeah, so do I. You, you do what you got to do. It sucks. Yeah, exactly. Uh, mm. But anyway, so yeah, the Prestige, what do you got? Uh, yeah, Prestige, uh, absolutely loved it. Uh, still one that holds up. I go back and watch it every once in a while. It starts to move up. As I get older, near the top of my list of Nolan movies. Um, I think it was number one on our list when we did it. I think it was number one at the time when I put it there. So um, I just love it, man. I love the acting. I love the uh, um, the way Nolan directs the, the back and forth, the angles he uses with the camera, the storyline that's being told here. Even that the hats, all the hat, the way he shoots the hats at the beginning, you're just like, mm-hmm. what does this mean? It's the mystery of it all, right? Um, and this is when he was right at the kind of at the beginning of playing around with this idea of time, playing around with this idea of like magic and using uh, using uh, film as a medium to ch- to trick you into certain things and make you believe one thing or the other. And so those are the things that I go back to and just watch. And it's also like prime Jackman and it's prime bail, you know, yeah. and oh, bail on the come up. Yeah, bail and come up exactly, and you know, and they're all—they're both great, and they're still doing great work. And I'm sure Bale would be fantastic in the new Thor movie. But uh, I, I just, when you're watching it, it's a time capsule movie, and Scarlett Johansson as well, right? It and fully in her beginning prime. Yeah, uh, all of it just works so well. And when you watch The Illusionist, which I watched for the first time for this show, thinking I might put it on my list, I was really? like, ah, it's not as, uh, not near as good. Yeah, it's, it's got a good cast. Yeah, it's got a good cast, but you're just like, eh, it's yeah, not it's, as interesting. Uh, I've seen it twice. Yeah. And I went back to watch it a second time, like years later, going, eh, baby. And then, yeah. like, nope. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately. But yeah, prestige. So your number two. Yeah. Is. Is Aladdin. The animated oh. Aladdin. Yeah. Oh, okay. What you think was my number two? Uh, Excalibur. No, because it's not magic to me. That is not necessarily magic to me, but well, I haven't seen it. Merlin exists and performs magic in it, yeah. I'm assuming. Yeah, it's a good point, Matt. I could have put it on my list. Maybe I should. Maybe I'll kick Houdini off and book Excalibur somewhere on my list, but I don't I, I see it as a I know you're gonna think I'm an idiot. You're not gonna think I'm a fucking idiot. What but that's I, true life I, as, a, as a historical movie. Yeah, I see it more mm, as a historical no. movie. <laughs> no, that's okay. If that's historically yeah. accurate, then so is Paul Bunyan. I didn't say historically accurate. I just said okay. it's a historical, a historical movie. movie. <laughs> Fine. So is Paul Bunyan. So if there's been a movie about Paul Bunyan, that is is you know a historical movie as well. Uh, <laughs> 
Now, Excalibur is a, a, a would normally, but I just see it as a because he's a king and he's on the So Merlin is is at the beginning, but essentially, I haven't seen it, so I don't know. He only performs magic twice, so you okay. could qualify it in that way. But in my opinion, it's not a magic movie. It's a movie about uh, a historical time in okay. England's past, and yeah, it's not. Uh, king Arthur didn't. A version of King Arthur might have existed. Certainly, no. so I, said that. But not King Arthur himself. I excluded Aladdin because of my number one. But go ahead and talk about oh, it. I'm going to use the okay. real quick. Okay, sure. Go ahead. Uh, Aladdin, I mean, what can you say? Robin uh-huh. Williams, it's an animated film, phenomenal uh, work, voiceover work by the late, great Robin Williams. Uh, everybody involved in that film, it still holds up. Even the se- even the uh, live action remake, I thought was good. But, you know, the magic of the first one is very, very, the uh, magic of the original, rather, is so difficult to capture. And they do a marvelous job of it uh, in, in this, in the original film. The animation works. Jafar is interesting. Uh, um, Jasmine uh, is really great. Uh, there's so sweet moments on the carpet. All, you know, do you trust me? All of that. For me, for those of you watching, is a personal connection because the first girl I ever fell in love with, we went to go see Aladdin in the theater uh i think down in springfield springfield mall virginia she was uh she was great you know her name was toy and we um i said to her that night do you trust me and uh we ended up spending a magical night together and being together for a little while but you know she was and i'll always attach her to that movie so it has extra resonance for me as well but putting that aside the performance of rob williams the the way the movie is constructed the messages of the movie and the joy and just absolute humor fully realized the robin williams humor fully realized in a disney movie works so well when they're down in the cave and they're doing all the things that they're doing so that's why uh uh, i love it and the magic is not typical It's it's not wand magic it's obviously magic because he's a genie but it's still magic and it still works. And uh, the message is at the end to like be yourself. That's how, that's the true magic in life. That's uh, that's what I love about it. And that ending, it's a very sweet ending about, you know, choosing friendship over your personal uh, ideas uh, or your personal life. And so the, for that way, I think it's fantastic. So, all right. Oh, I mean, sure. Um, your personal, your selfish desires is what I mean. Oh, right. Yeah. My number one is uh, sword in the stone. Oh, so- Okay. Nice. I didn't include another, another Disney, film. and I was like, I Aladdin was on my side, but I cut it for. Yeah. Once again, my top five. Look, is Prestige a better film overall? Yeah, yeah, it is. I'm not gonna qualitatively, but Sword in the Stone's got a ton of magic. I have yeah. watched it so many times since I was a kid. Uh, I love it. Uh, it's my favorite of all the King Arthur's. Yeah. Um, and it's got magic. You got a you got a wizard. You got a witch. You yeah. got a little kid. You know, younger a squire trying yeah. some magic. It's magic. Galore. You got tunes. You got yeah. magical tunes. You got there's magic all over, baby. Sword in the Stone is my numero uno. <laughs> well, I didn't think you'd have it. No, that has more magic than Excalibur, dude. So I think that totally qualifies in my mind. Oh, it's pure. It's all about the magic. It's about yeah. Merlin. Yep. Um, you know, eventually this kid, spoiler alert, becomes <laughs> King Arthur, but you don't realize that until much later on in the movie. Yeah. Uh but yeah, there's I mean, they turn themselves into fish and mm-hmm. into squirrels. And he has a wizarding or magic off against that witch where they turn one's a dragon, another's a porcupine, then turns into an anteater versus a snake versus a, and uh, it's got all the whimsy and whatnot, but it still has like the dark overtones. Like when there's snakes, there's a a muskie or a Northern Pike or whatever that is trying to kill them. Right. Big, huge razor shaw barracuda like teeth. And uh, they're birds and there's like an eagle that's trying Mm -hmm. to kill them. And there's squirrels, and there's always the peril of 
you think the grass is greener type of thing. That's what Merlin's yeah. trying to teach him. Yeah. Cause he knows, Hey, this guy's going to be King one day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Archimedes just ain't having it. I got to watch this movie. I've never seen it, Matt. I you never seen it. I've never Dude, seen it. So show. good for, an, for a Disney movie from that time. Yeah. It's, I, uh, it blows me away. That it doesn't have a princess. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And everything else that was wildly successful for them by and large had a princess at that right, time. Right, Still right. does. That's the formula now to this day, but yeah, it was being even, even Robin Hood has the maid Mary and princess type yeah. character. So yeah, yeah, but Robin Robin Hood is nowhere near as vaunted as Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty, like True. Snow White. Yeah. Those are their mountaintops, whereas Robin Hood's fun, even though I think it's better. And Jungle Book, I think, is better. Yeah. Just as an overall more enjoy for me, for as as a boy, you know, uh, as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say I didn't love those. I still love those, but yeah. I, I found all those others better overall movies. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Sword in the Stone is my numero uno. I respect it, man. Let me grab the bongos. Well, that's our separate lists, and now we're going to combine it together to make the show's top ten movies about magic lists. Let me grab the bongos uh, before we do that. All right. So it seemed only logical that the prestige and some combination of Azkaban, Two Towers, Wizard of Oz. Uh... And then we'll have to do the sword and the stone and then Aladdin square throw down. we we'll both have Willow and that is it. Okay. All right. So I think prestige one. Yeah, that makes sense. Where'd you have Azkaban? Uh, four. Four, right? So prisoner of Azkaban probably ends up at number two then. Okay. And we have Wizard of Oz. Yeah, three, three five. Yeah. Two Towers was 4-6, so I'd say Wizard of Oz next. Okay. What, and then Two Towers? Two Towers. And then I would say Sword in the Stone and Aladdin. Uh, yeah, Sword in the Stone is one for you, right? So Aladdin for me, too. Okay, yeah, makes sense. Uh, let's see, we both have Willow, and that yeah. is it. Okay. Where are we at right now, number-wise? Um, we're at number seven, so we got to put yep. in number seven. So, okay. do we want Willow at seven? Yeah. We might as well put Willow at seven since it's down in our bottom areas yeah. anyway. All right, I got my six. What's your next highest? Uh, Doctor Strange at five. All right, Doctor Strange, you got a six? Uh, I had two towers, so six is yours. All right, Tubo, what's your next highest? Uh, onward at eight. Okay, I got at seven. Okay, all right, done. Boom. All right, here we go. The top 10 movies about magic. Yeah. At number 10. Spirited Away. At number nine. Kubo and the Two Strings. At number eight. Doctor Strange. At number seven. Willow. At number six. Aladdin. At number five. Sword in the Stone. At number four. The Two Towers. At number three. The Wizard of Oz. At number two. Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. And our number one movie about magic is... 
The Prestige. That's right. The Prestige. Uh, uh, great stuff. A lot of great movies to talk about. Uh, as Matt pointed out, uh, great to dive into Wizard of Oz a little bit when we haven't done that. That's the point of these lists now. We try to kind of focus on movies we haven't talked about or haven't uh, uh, counted down. You, those of us have been, those of you who've been with us uh, for this ride for five years, you've heard us talk about some of these films over and over and over again. Those of you who are newer fans can go back and listen to us talk about some of these other films in our earlier shows. But we try to kind of mix in some of the more newer stuff or some of those films we haven't talked about before. And certainly we've got that done today, I hope. Damn straight. <laughs> so thank you to everybody that tuned in this week. We appreciate it. If you want to uh, do us a favor, you could tell a friend about the show. That would help immensely. Otherwise, yeah. uh, you can follow me uh, anywhere at Matt Nost or uh, check out Settle the Score. And if you feel like being a patron, we sure would genuinely appreciate it and if you'd like to do that head over to patreon.com forward slash the top 10 with the number 10 and uh, whatever you could do would be in the world to us but if you can't you just want to listen well thank you for that as well absolutely yeah if you can't be a patron liking the video uh sharing the video and leaving a comment below a positive comment below is always good uh for us or a constructively critical comment that's always good too uh down there it, it elevates it and look our channel is monetized now so uh you guys coming to like our videos like leave comments on our videos that increases our ability to get a little bit of revenue as well from that side so that'd be great too so if you've been a fan of ours for a while Take a take a thirty minutes. Go into there and just like kind of watch a minute mm-hmm. of each of those videos. Gives us a view. Hit a like. Leave a comment. What have you? Game the system, that. baby. Yeah, I mean, you know, whatever works. That's the way you got to look at it. So, and yeah. thanks to everybody who's been supporting the show for so long and being a, our patron as well. And please come aboard. Now's the time when we need you the most. As we're starting to expand and build more things out, doing more shows like Golden Ticket. We want to keep the top ten brand going. Uh, and you guys spreading the love and bringing new people in, or you guys have been on the fence about uh, supporting the show as a patron, now's the time to come and do it to get us, uh, oh, uh, f- uh, push us further and further down the road uh, to become uh, you know, something that people turn to to enjoy their day. And so many of you have told us how we've uh, entertained you during this COVID time. So we can't thank you enough for letting us do that. So um, you can follow me at the Roka says on Twitter and on Instagram. And if you want to come find our YouTube channel, just type in the top 10 and either one of our names or both our names, it should come up and then go and subscribe to that as well. So, you know, when we drop the new videos on there, and uh, if you don't mind going to my YouTube channel as well, youtube.com slash John Roca says and see all the stuff we got going on there. Uh, That's it for me, Matt. Anything else? Uh, I don't believe so. Everybody, uh, when you're hearing this, we hope you had a good holiday here if you're here in the States. And uh, stay safe out there. Uh, wear your masks. Wash those hands. And let's get through the second wave here stateside as quickly as we can. Enjoy your holidays. Adios. Ooh.